healthy from the inside out. This is Valley Well Valle Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. Each week, we go in-depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello, and welcome to Valley Well Valle Salud. I'm your host, Lauren Vargas. It's safe to say most of us have spent hundreds of hours in front of a screen this year, whether it's your phone, computer, tablet, or a TV. And all of that is understandable. We've been asked to hunker down in our homes because of a pandemic that no one has ever experienced, and we're all coping in different ways. But how does all of this screen time and social media time impact our mental health and our children's brain? Dr. Eris Mosley is a district medical group psychiatrist and the medical director of the ValleyWise Health First Episode Center. Dr. Mosley, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So, you know, technology is amazing, really. It's given us access to so many things. It's the reason we're able to talk right now virtually on this webcam. But when you start looking into it, it can be a little scary to to look at what it might be costing us. So, I guess let's start with how addictive are digital screens? Is it similar to other types of addictions? Um, I would say yes, that it that it is similar to other types of addictions. Um, screens, whether it be social media or emails or video games, um, are all kind of playing on the part of our brain that works with like the reward system, right? So when you get that reward from something that is I guess, appetizing to your mind, you're going to have that spike in the dopamine, right? Just like you would with any other substance. And so you want to keep getting that reward and that reward. And so ultimately we are seeing um, screens and things of the sort becoming um, addictions. Absolutely. And it's probably a fairly new phenomenon. I mean, if you think about it, the digital, the tablets and the touchscreen phones only came out 15 years ago. So we're probably still learning the long-term impacts of all of that. Unfortunately, that is true. Yes. So how have digital screens and social media impacted your profession, would you say? Are there more mental health issues because of it? Sure, absolutely. Um, I mean, in in my uh population of young people that I work with or when I'm um, working in the hospital uh, with young young people, children, adolescents, um, we're definitely seeing um, an uptick in the impact that screens um, are having. You know, we're, we're seeing young people have difficulty with the like button and the hearts and whatnot on social media. We're seeing, um, unfortunately, an increase in depression, an increase in in anxiety, um, and honestly, unfortunately, an increase in suicidal ideation. And why do we think that is? What is it about those those things that that increases our mental health issues? Um, I think it's because that you are looking for something, you're searching for something, and when you're when your reality gets skewed towards that something, and it doesn't go the way that you that you want or you expect um, that can have a devastating impact on your overall state of being and behavioral health. You know, I just saw a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And have you seen it? Yes, ma'am. It's terrifying. It is really scary. And it's interesting Mm -hmm. how a lot of these founders of some of the, the biggest social media platforms are really strict with their own kids about not allowing them to be on any of those platforms. 
but you and I were talking, I mean, it's really hard. You have a two-year-old, I have a three-year-old. And mm-hmm. when we're all stuck at home, sometimes it's the only way to, to get a moment's peace is to give them that tablet. So do you have a structure at home or something you recommend for your patients? In my household, we're, we're locked down pretty tight. Um, pre-pandemic, my two-year-old did not um, really do screen time. Sure, of course, we watch, you know, um, Nickelodeon Kids and things like that. Um, but an actual like iPad or tablet, not really. But now we're in a time in history that that we've never really had to deal with. And so sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, you know. So, yes, my daughter has an iPad all of her own, unfortunately. Yeah, no, same with me. If you're just tuning in with us, we're talking with psychiatrist Dr. Eris Mosley with District Medical Group and Valley Wise Health about how screen time affects our mental health as children and adults. If you feel like you're worried about your mental health, you can make an appointment with a district medical group provider at Valley Wise Health, and they can refer you in-house to a behavioral health specialist. You can make that appointment by calling 833-855-9973 Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., Or you can visit valleywisehealth.org anytime and click the book appointment button. So how does the screen time actually change the makeup of, does it change the makeup of a child's brain? So that's a really interesting question. And I think that um, there's still a lot of research to be done. But I think that what we're seeing right now is that, like we spoke about earlier, there's an an addictive nature to it. Um, And especially like when you're going through the appropriate or normal developmental stages in young people, the things that they would normally get with the real world sensory wise, um, you know, engaging all of their senses is kind of taken away with a screen. We're not, we're no longer working with a 3D type of interaction. You're just, you're just, it's a flat screen and it's a fantasy. It's not real. Um, and so I think that ultimately, when you're dealing with children, they need to see things, touch things, smell things, that that's how those connections are being made in the brain. Um, and when they're not getting that, there is, you know, things that are going to be lacking in the future for them. Absolutely. And I'm sure it it must affect social skills for children who, you know, they don't know how to interact with a real person, right? Right. That's So if you go into, let's say, a high school or just anywhere where you're going to have young people, the majority of them are looking at screens, right? They have now lost that ability to interact. And we are seeing young people change, right? Like, so when I was 16, I mean, on the day that we turned 16, that morning, my friends and I were going to get our driver's license. That alone has changed. Young people are not getting their driver's licenses. There is just a lack of ability to have confidence in themselves to speak um, to other people um, because everything is digital. You know, there's a bravado that comes behind a screen because you don't have to be who you are. You can be anyone that you want to be behind a screen. And that can be great and it can be devastating at the same time because your ability to actually interact with the real world has been skewed. Absolutely. And once you turn that screen off and you look in the mirror and realize, you know, you're not that person, that can probably cause some issues too. I know I used to do public relations for a plastic surgeon and people would come in 
asking to look like the filter that they took a picture of on Snapchat because they didn't really look like that. And they wanted bigger eyes and whatever it was. And, and they were so yeah. sad when they turned it off and, oh, that's what I really look like. And that's the devastating part, right? Because again, like I said, is that this is, it's a fantasy. So let's say when you're following that Instagram influencer and you're seeing what they want you to see, the fantasy that they have created for you, it's hard, I think, specifically for young people to recognize that that is not real. And so then you have something that is unattainable for yourself. I know for myself, I try not to, for the most part, take pictures with filters um, because I just don't, it's not me. I mean, you're liking something that's not real. So I don't take, I mean, unless it's like one of those silly filters with like the dog ears where you stick your tongue out, and you know, like that for my two-year-old who thinks that it's magic. But I try not to take that because it's just not reality. We want to try to stay as reality-based in these platforms. Yeah, that's that's probably a really good tip because if you start that filter, then you feel like you got to keep it up because if you post something that doesn't look like that, it doesn't right. make sense. Exactly. Like I'm like, oh, look, I broke out on my forehead today. I'm just going to go ahead and place that filter real quick where I look like, you know, the fountain of youth. But then when you look in the mirror, it's like, oh, that's not actually me. And I think that that is having an impact on how people view themselves and others. Absolutely. I know for me, so I've lived in four different states. I have probably 2,500 followers on, or, you know, friends on Facebook. And I found myself unfollowing a lot of these people that I would never know about if, you know, I hadn't met them 10 years ago. So I'm living in Arizona now. I don't need to know that my friends from Alabama are in Ibiza partying um, because I never would have known that if we weren't friends on Facebook. And it's, is it normal or how does it affect your brain when you get access to, you know, 2,500 connections that you never would have had before? I think we're still trying to figure out what that impact is, to be honest. I don't really have the perfect answer for that. It's the research is still being done, but I think that you can just see anecdotally um, that it's really having a cause and effect on, I think, society as a whole, Um, because you're sitting on your couch, let me say, I'm sitting on my couch, (laughs) you know, and just kind of like, oh, wow, look, I'm like stuck in the house in the middle of a pandemic, but everyone around me seems to be just kind of living their lives and enjoying themselves. And that can be depressing. And that can make you begin to question um, what is yours, what is true to you. And um, it's like the haves and the have nots. And unfortunately, the haves aren't really the haves, right? It's something that's created. It's a lot of times not real. Absolutely. Um, If you're just tuning in with us, Dr. Eris Mosley with District Medical Group is going in-depth on the tolls that screen time and social media can take on our mental health. And if you need to make an appointment with a physician or want to talk about your mental health, you can do that at Valleywise Health by calling 833-855-9973 Monday through Friday, or you can visit valleywisehealth.org anytime and click the book appointment button. So we're talking about some of the negative impacts of social media, but like we said, during this pandemic, you you do what you have to do. So are there any benefits to, to social media? 
to social media or screens. I mean, I think that uh, technology as a whole, yeah, there's benefit. It's not all a dark rabbit hole, right? I mean, like, as a physician in the middle of the pandemic, I still want to make sure that my patients and members are being taken care of um, while also keeping them safe, myself safe, my team safe. And so now I'm able to engage in with them in an incredible way through virtual appointments. I mean, that has that has been a game changer for us. And, and honestly, for a lot of my young people that I work with, it's helped them because they're able to sit in the comfort of their own home. And I've noticed just a little bit more comfort than coming into my office and talking to me. So that's wonderful. I mean, there are people whose entire careers have been boosted. Like, I don't want to say real careers, but like legitimate, let's say for realtors, for example, one of my friends, she's a realtor. And her business as a whole has changed through social media. She is now able to reach people in a way that she wasn't able to reach before. You know, she can take people on virtual tours through a home. Um, she can, you know, give advice and recommendations and things like that and reach a greater number of people. So um, it's not all dark. It's a wonderment and value, I think, in social media and different platforms of the sort. Absolutely. So and it, it connects us, you know, when we're all stuck in our homes, it, it is a way when used the right way, it, it yeah. does help foster relationships. So mm -hmm. do you have any tips for people on how to just use social media the right way and not get caught up in it or cause some of those mental health impacts? I think that knowledge is key, right? Just having an understanding of how these technologies work, like you said, the, the social dilemma, right? It's extremely eye-opening that something that you thought that you were just connecting with all of your friends from high school and college is actually being utilized against you. It's these engineers in and of themselves, their goal is to monetize what it is that you are doing on these social media platforms. Again, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat of the sort, they're not inherently bad. They were not created to be bad, but I think it's just recognizing um, what they're actually meant to, to do and then acting accordingly. Absolutely. And I think for children, for parents, you know, with children, we don't want to feel too guilty about giving them screens to take care of our own mental health, but there's probably ways to make that better by probably monitoring what they're watching, making sure maybe it's educational and what yep. you approve of, um, screen-free time, maybe during meals or family yep. time, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that it's, um, you know, it's, it's going to be different for every family. Every family is going to have to make decisions for themselves and what works best for them. Um, but I do think that it is important to make sure that parents, caregivers, are monitoring what young people are doing um, on their computers, on their phones, on different platforms, because it's difficult for us as adults to not fall prey to the things that happen um, on these devices. And then you're asking a child whose brain is still growing, still developing, um, still being impacted by the world around them, to, you're asking those young people to be able to navigate this appropriately. Um, and unfortunately, that's just, that's hard to do for them. 
Um, and so, yeah, so I think that there should be screen-free time. There should, should, I mean, you know, I don't want to anger a bunch of people, but should a 10-year-old have social media? Should a, should a 10-year-old have an iPhone or, you know, whatever type of smartphone? I mean, that's, that's questionable. Yep. And it's a decision, like you said, that every parent needs to to have and discuss with their family. Um, Chencho Flores is our audio producer for the show. He's on and he wants to ask you a question. So like most parents, my wife and I, we, we want to limit our kids' uh, screen time. We have a 15-year-old and an 8-year-old. And we've always uh, been pretty good about it. But obviously with the pandemic now and we're both working from home, they're on the screens a lot. Uh, I guess my question is, how do you keep yourself uh, or deal with uh, guilty feelings about that? Because there are times that I feel really guilty about the fact that they're, on the one hand, it's the only way to keep them busy. And on the other hand, uh, I I don't want them to be on there, you know? And so you have those conflicting uh, things going on. How do we deal with that? I feel like there's so many things as parents to feel guilty about. We don't need an additional thing. I think that we as parents, need to give ourselves grace and recognize that we're doing the best that we can. Um, I think that recognizing that you do want to make sure that they're not solely interacting only like with these devices. I think that's the first step, right? And then putting in place appropriate things, again, that work for your family. If that means, like Lauren said, we're not going to have phones at the table. I think that's a great first step. Getting out outside. I mean, we do live in Arizona, you know, thank goodness it is cooling down. I think that that's going to change a lot, right? Like everyone's been stuck in the house during the pandemic um, during the summer. So as it cools down, I think that that's going to change a lot of things for us. But getting outside, enjoying the outdoors, having those human interactions and not having online interactions be their primary source of interaction. But again, give yourself grace, recognize that that we're all doing the best that we can. Are there certain screens that are better than others? If you had to choose, you know, between the TV or a tablet, do we know if one's better than the other? I don't know that we know that, but I'm just going to say in my, I guess this is just purely my personal opinion, is that if someone was like, choose now, TV or phone, I want to go TV. Um, you know, because TV can have a plethora of options for you that it's that, yes, there's commercials and things like that, but it's not specifically targeting you as a person. Um, I think that what like, like we saw on the documentary on Netflix is that you, Lauren and I could have the same exact group of friends, you and I could be doing the same exact thing. But what we're seeing on social media is going to be completely different because it's targeting us differently. So I guess I would pick television because it's not specifically targeting you as that individual person, whereas social media platforms are. You know what is so crazy to me is my three-year-old has her tablet, like we said, and before I downloaded YouTube for kids, we would just have her watching Cocomelon on YouTube, right? So a five-second commercial pops up, and she freaks out. As soon as this commercial, she starts screaming, Mommy, Mommy, help me! Like, they will never understand that we used to have to watch, you know, four-minute commercials. I think that's wild. It is. My daughter will say... Fast forward. I'm like, 
girl, we used to have to get up to change the channel with our hands, you know, like. Or go to, that was your restroom break and you had to make it back in time before the show started. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, exactly. We're talking with psychiatrist Dr. Eris Mosley with District Medical Group and Valleywise Health about how screen time impacts your mental health. And you can make an appointment at Valleywise Health to see a general uh, practice physician who can refer you to a behavioral health specialist if needed by calling 833-855-9973, or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. So we've talked a lot about the pros and cons of screen time, of social media, and, you know, caring for your own mental health. Mm-hmm. Ideally, let's go back to kids for a little bit. Okay. When should you introduce screens? Is there, you know, is it like the first two years, no screens at all, and then maybe start introducing? And how would you recommend to do that? Yeah, so I would say, and the American Academy of Pediatrics has, has their guidelines, and, and they seem appropriate, that, that you don't need screens for a child before the age of two. Um, and then after that, it should be educational. Um, it, there should be some type of educational value, um, and it should be limited, you know, like maybe one hour a day. And then even in teenagers, maybe it only needs to be two hours a day. But you know, now I, I can I can speak for iPhones. I have no idea what happens on um, other phones. But on iPhones, they will send you every week a breakdown of what your screen time is. And I mean, we're just being completely honest here. But mine told me that last week I was on my screen for seven hours. What? That's more sleep than I get in a night. So, yeah, so so we just want to limit limit the, the, the screens. I mean, to tell a teenager that they should only be on some form of screen for two hours, I mean, that's like anarchy. People are just going to be angry at that. But, you know, that's what, that's what the recommendation is. I, I have the same reaction. I downloaded that thing that tracks how many hours, and, you know, I thought maybe two hours at the most. It sounds like a lot, and I'm looking at – four or five hours a day on my screen right. with this, on my phone only. And you know, I'm on the computer right. the rest of the time. Right. So you're at work, you're on the internet all day working, and then you take a break and then you're on the internet on your break. Exactly. Exactly. You're never disconnected. Or you're working and not on your break and you're on your phone. I mean, let's be honest. You know, I think that it's really important to just recognize how screens and social media are changing the shape of adolescence um, and childhood. Um, I'll be honest, I have worked um, in the inpatient psychiatric units for both children and adolescents. And we have had kids come in with suicidal ideation or who have actually had suicide attempts because of things that have happened on social media or because a parent took away a phone or a tablet. Um, And it's just like, they can't fathom not having that specific connection that they feel that harming themselves is a better option. So again, that human connection has been lost. Yeah, that's a huge wake up call. That is um, really sad to hear. And um, I don't know what the solution is because it's, you know, it is hard. It's part of our new reality. So we all have to kind of work together and figure out how to live in this world, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that information is key. These platforms 
it was kind of by accident, like the engineers didn't mean for it to turn into this, but it has turned into this. And, uh, you know, there's an exploitation that's happening. And so we just need to protect ourselves, protect our kids, um, and just recognize that we need to do the best we can, but stay informed and just try to stay on top of it. Dr. Eris Mosley with District Medical Group and Valleywise Health um, about the toll of mental of screen time affecting our mental health. Thank you so much for your time today. A really interesting conversation, and there's so much more to it that I'm sure we will find out as as we go along. You know, with social media and screen time. Absolutely. So we appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to Valley Well via Salute a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you've heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There, you'll find blogs and videos from our healthcare providers, and you can even book an appointment at a ValleyWise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.